Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Okay, so I just threw my couch through the window. You should and I'm have. ready to start the show now. <laughs> After that rocking intro. How to A to C the news and what's going on with the FBI raid of Mar-a-Lago? What's really going on? You're watching the Propaganda Reports Drive Time at News Blast. I'm Brad Binkley. Joining me today to help out is the host of the Mad Ones podcast, Cam Harless. Cam, how you doing? Doing all right. I, I, I found a simply spiked lemonade at the gas station just before this, and it's mostly gone. So I'm feeling. Was that like a. Well, what were those lemonades that was it, have, I used to have in college? I remember I had like a 24. Mike's Hard. Lemonade. Mike's Hard, and I got caught with yeah. them, and you know, I had to go buy some uh, malt liquor instead because it got taken away from me. But Mike's Hard and Zima, I remember when I was like a kid, Zima was a thing, which I, Zima seemed kind of. I don't know if it tasted good. Uh, alcohol, the first few times you taste it, doesn't really take, but it, it does eventually. That is one thing. Eventually, yeah. That is for sure. And I'm sure there's a lot of people drinking alcohol tonight after the news that we have seen about Mar-a-Lago. So, look, the details of this story, the FBI raided Mar-a-Lago to, for documents, for possibly declassified documents and maybe the destruction of presidential evidence. I'm sure maybe they confiscated all the toilets there. I don't know. I'm sure Adam Schiff wanted to get his hands and, and face on those toilets. I know he, I think he collects toilets. Uh, he's a sick, disturbing person and one of the shiftiest, slimiest people you've ever seen. And it all seems like it's related to the January 6th committee to me. But the fact is, we don't really know what's going on because we, we don't see a warrant yet. We don't see what's on the warrant. If they really wanted to defuse everything. Whoever can show us this warrant could show us the warrant. They could show us the clear evidence because that's my thing. The story that I was so upset about yesterday about the evidence that Trump is destroying presidential records and it's literally the inside of a toilet with what looks like a three by five index card written on it by could be anybody. And that could have been a, a toilet from a Waffle House anywhere in the country. <laughs> it was just no evidence of anything. Yet every story talked about that. And yet it was Biden's best week ever. It's because of the lack of the evidence, and they insult us by refusing to give us evidence. So if they really wanted to, to defuse things, and certainly I would be perfectly fine if they said, here's all the evidence, here's the warrant, the, the reason why, the justification. And I said, okay, well, yes, I'm all for it. But they don't do that because they don't want to defuse things, because they need the tension, they need the conflict. And I thought that this story was a good one to talk about something that I've talked about a lot, but I, I wanted to talk through it a little bit more in detail than I have before. And that is 
A to C thinking. So we, we have the, the A to B take on this story. And from the left, that is that the raid had something to do with more than just presidential records. They must have something big on him. There must be something criminal. He's finally going down and he won't be able to run. He'll be, able to, he'll be in prison for possibly three years. And now we have all these right-wingers, these QAnon people that are mobilizing and they want to tear the country apart because of this. And on the right, it's kind of the weaponized DOJ. They just don't want Trump to run. They've been taking all these efforts to the Jan 6 committee for him not to run. And not to say that that stuff is not accurate. It, it, it you know, it, it, it is accurate, but the A to B aspect of it is that the, the way the media controls the narrative on this stuff is yeah. they get out there and they put those instant associations in our minds. And what that does is it frames the argument, it gets people fighting, and then it blocks people or it makes it harder for people to then think around those initial associations because it takes cognitive effort. So initially, we're not, we don't even have to think because we just get it, can, we consume it unconsciously because they repeat it ad nauseum. So to think around it, we have to then do that cognitive A to C effort. And the way that I describe this, I'll just describe it the way I, I did an improv because it, it's the, the best way for me to describe it. I, I like to relate things to improv. I think it's actually a very beneficial skill other than the fact that, that it doesn't make any money uh, except for very, very few people on whose line is it anyway. But it's a simple creative exercise, A to C is. And it can be useful in many contexts. I, I encourage everyone to use it, whatever they're doing. It can be helpful to get your brain's creative juices going. It can be helpful for innovating new ideas in business. And, and in the context of news, as I said, it can be helpful for seeing around this initial framing of stories that the right and left trying to control our minds with, essentially. And my first experience was at least using it intentionally anyway. We all, we all do it. It, you know, from time to time when we're thinking creatively, but the intentional use of it was improvisational comedy. So word association exercise to get your brain going or to think about suggestions from the audience in a different way. And the idea of just a basic word association exercise is, you know, you do the A to B exercise. And, and if I'm doing an A to B warm up with my scene partner or whoever, you can do it by yourself too. Then where my notes here? Okay. All right. So if I were to say ball or my scene partner were to say ball, I might respond with bat or glove because the idea is that they say the word and you respond instantly without filtering yourself, without judging yourself. So they, they say ball, I might say bat or I might say glove. The, that's like the more basic surface level associations that not everybody, but a large majority of people would have. And in improv, you don't want to go with that instant surface level thing because that's the same thing the audience is thinking. And if you do that, then you're not really doing anything that they can't do. Of course, you can make good scenes out of that. Not to say that you can't. But when you interpret it A to C, then that makes them go, oh, wow, yeah, I see that, but I didn't think of that because I was initially thinking of that first association. And you can see how the news works in that similar way with that initial framing is we hear Trump Mar-a-Lago and on the left, oh my gosh, there must be something more finally on the right. It's the, they're weaponizing the FBI. They just don't want them to run. And those things could both be true. Again, not to say that they're not. But when it comes to A to C, it's an exercise to help you get quicker and quicker at going around that initial surface level uh, association because our brains are like computers man we're pattern making machines and the more we hear something the more something is associated in, in popular culture and in the media and on our screens and from our friends and everything the more unconscious that reaction that association becomes and, and uh, 
like I said, you need that cognitive effort to get around it. So that's where A to C comes in. The A to C exercise, very similar to A to B, except my I or my scene partner says the word, and then I, I might have the A to B reaction in my mind, but what I'm supposed to say out loud is the A to C. And the C can be uh, an instant association that you have to the B word. So if my partner says to me, if they say ball, then I might in my head go, bat. But instead of saying bat out loud, I then in my head associate bat, cave. So they say bat, or they say ball, I say cave. And, you know, that's not a wild, creative thing, but that is not what most people would go with. So I might start a scene in an improv exercise or improv scene. If somebody yelled out bat as a suggestion, one word suggestion, some people might go out and just, you know, throw a baseball. I might come out as Batman, or I might be in the middle of the bat cave or something like that. It's just, it's a different way. It just gives that alternative way to interpret the the thing that uh, most people would interpret a, a different way. If it were a glove, if someone, if my, if I were to say, someone were to say ball in my head, I go glove, I might say murder. So ball murder. Okay. Okay, glove, fingerprints, murder. So, so you go down that line of associations. And, and there's something in social science called functional fixedness, where they did all these social science studies where they found that once people are given what a function is of an item, then it becomes significantly harder for them to come up with other ways that this item can function than it would have been had they not been told what the initial function is. And this to me is just so relevant to the news. We are told what the initial functions or what the initial interpretations of these stories are, and then we're filled up with tribalism and filled up with emotions that it becomes, we don't even have time almost because we're overwhelmed with information to stop and say, wait a minute, what's the A to C interpretation of this stuff? And I think that that is something, that's something that helps me when it comes to analyzing the news, when I find myself falling into the trap of the right and left. And for this story, I think we can try to go A to C a little bit here. Honestly, I don't know if I've done a good job of going A to C a little bit here. I want to see what you think, Cam, but my, my initial thoughts on this were there's the obvious thing where, yeah, they appear to be weaponizing it. They don't want Trump to run, but then I'm like, that's what everybody is saying, so there must be something more to it. And when we think about how they use the Solinsky tactics, they all do. The action is in the reaction. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. They might appear to be reactive. Both sides might be, but they're not. They're active and they're trying to get a reaction, a reaction from the opposition that helps them get what they want. So right. that, that, you know, that propaganda tactic is that they work backwards most of us we're thinking reactively from the news but these people these they train them in these cia agent manuals to work backwards what's the goal you want and how can you best get it by provoking the other side into doing an action that can then further your goal and it's like uh you know, false flag basically yeah. is, is a simple way to think about it but in this story here so if the goal we have the stated goals right of the Jan 6 committee, which is to create a historical record, uh, a BS record, to show that Trump, it, you know, did all whatever on January 6, and then also to show that Trump is still a threat to democracy, not a past threat. He is still a threat. A domestic terror threat is the way that they're trying to frame it. And so now, what's the best way to get that done? Well, is to cause an actual insurrection. Because they're doing it with this January 6 stuff, and it's not doing it. It's just not working for people. 
and it wasn't real, what they're saying. But if they can actually trigger a real insurrection, then that would actually help them get with it. Nothing would be better for the Democrats, for Biden, for the global agenda, for the Davos agenda, than a real violent insurrection by people who support Trump. And if you're working backwards, how can you cause that? Well, a, a way it might be to cause that is to do something that prevents Trump from running again. And to do it in a way that's so outrageous that it just pisses off Trump supporters to say, oh my gosh, everything Trump said is right. They're not going to let our guy run again. They don't even show us evidence that he's going to run again. We have to do something to take our country back. We have to literally fight against these people, which would give them exactly what they want. So thinking A to C here, it's not just about stopping Trump from running again. It's about causing his supporters to actually give them the insurrection they've been dreaming of for so long. And I think we could even go further with that A to D, A to E, whatever. But that's one interpretation that I have. Another interpretation that I, I had of this, it, it comes from the other side. It comes from the Trump side of things. Because these, I mean, this is a narrative warfare that we're witnessing right here. It's pretty extraordinary and fascinating to watch at times, if not a bit scary and humorous as well. But the Trump side of it is, okay, what, what, what can we do? What can we do to mobilize supporters? We, we need to get the, the election deniers, they call them election deniers, and the other Republicans on the same side here to support Trump. Well, a great way to do that is to make Trump look like he's being persecuted by the corrupt media and by the corrupt Department of Defense and, and FBI and all that. And for me, if I'm strategizing with these guys, I'm saying, what if we baited the FBI into thinking that we had evidence so much to the point we even we send a whistleblower in there to make them think they're going to come in and get stuff and then they find nothing showing how actual corrupt they actually are and then everybody's like Trump was right I'm on Trump's side again I, I think we're seeing high level I, I hate to do the 40 chess but I think this stuff goes much deeper mm -hmm. I think we're seeing some pretty intense political warfare going on that was a ramble what are your thoughts Cam? <laughs> well I think that one of the things I would want to bring out in this A to C thinking <clears throat> excuse me is timing because yep. you know the january 6th stuff is going on right now so it plays well with that um but it also plays well against this new um alex jones verdict which came out what yesterday the day before or something like that of you know essentially a 50 million dollar punishment for quote-unquote defamation right so the defamation in question is apparently that uh, he said that the parents of this kid uh, weren't re didn't really have their kid die, but that it was uh, an attempt to, you know, get rid of guns, and they were just actors or whatever. But how do you how do you defamation? You don't you have to tie that to loss of income? There has to be damages, yeah. right? So, but I mean, the the first one was like four point one million dollars in emotional damages, which is like. It's just a strange what idea. What was they based that number on? I, they they said what they based it on, like $1 for each person who believed the lie. And then they tried to oh connect the damages to the threats that they felt. It's a stretch. The whole thing is a stretch. And from my understanding well, of it, he's not really putting up a defense. Well, here's, here's the thing. I think, you know, you look at what's going on with Trump and this happening at the same time with Alex Jones is they're taking oh, out yeah. um, a couple of different things at once. Um, but... I think that they – in my opinion, I definitely think they set up uh, – because I think, if I'm being honest, I like Alex Jones. He's a right – he's right about a lot of things. I think he may be a stooge for the deep state, 
but doesn't realize it. Like he gets this information. He's really passionate about it. He shares it, but he is used and given legitimate inf information to make it so that no one believes him or something like that. Right. I think at that level, you are always going to be a target of being co-opted regardless of whether you're on board with something or not. Right. And so, so I think you, you see this happening the same time as the Trump thing with the, the um, breaking into Mar-a-Lago um, and they, they've got him on damages of defamation. How on earth did, did the, the husband and wife, the, the mother and father of this child lose their jobs and lose their ability to make money based off of what this person said? Or is it literally like everyone except for people who really believe Alex Jones, which are a, a very small amount of people generally like, are they, are, did they work for them? Like how, how, how did they hurt? How did he hurt them outside of words? So you've got this, yeah, uh, right. this thing against the free, against free speech. This is a major free speech blow period. I, I played a clip yesterday. If I can find it, I'll, I'll play it for you. But where they had these guys on CNN, where they were talking about what is this going to set? What precedent is this going to set for other conspiracy theorists and sil basically silencing them? And shutting yeah. them up. Kind of like when he got kicked off the app, the podcast apps, our website got taken down shortly thereafter. We're like, you might not like right. Alex Jones, but you shouldn't like what's, being, what's happening to him because it affects people who don't. He'll be fine. He's got money to build his own network and stuff. Not everybody else does. Yeah. Well, and that's, and that's the thing. This is – so um, Malice and um, what's his name? Uh, Curtis Yarvin, Mitchell Smolbug, talk about the cathedral. And it's this idea that the um, academia – the government and the press collude together and that's that those that's how they they work to kind of take things over and so in this moment what you have is trump who in some sense shows the political side of things the government governmental side of things and then you have the um you have alex jones who is the alternative media side of things and i'm just wondering is there some lurking lawsuit against a school that isn't a public university hanging out there? You know, I, I they're they're trying to break so down the these private different universities. Aspects. Yeah, You're they target the private. Yeah, I I, I yeah. would expect that they would. Yeah, I I wonder when we're going to see that. Um, but this on NBC News, I read a story about this verdict, and they were so clear with what they wanted in this piece. It was incredible. Uh, yeah. They said. This is not only a large blow to Jones, who has already filed for bankruptcy, but to other conspiracy theory fomenters who fill their audiences' heads with stories of the deep state, a stolen election, and a child sex ring in the basement of a pizza restaurant. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and that's what they associate all of it with. They, they, they try to do that, and they get these sound bites that, like I said, Alex Jones isn't doesn't appear to be defending himself. I'm sure he's going to appeal it. And like you mentioned, you have to actually show damages and they have this ruling. And I honestly can't imagine that he pays a dollar of any of right. that to anyone. It just seems like a, a threat tactic and a, a public relations stunt that they're doing to try and get people to self-police and try and get platforms yeah. and stuff to do their dirty work for them. But you're right. That's the same thing CNN said. There was, I'm trying to see if I, I see, I can't pull just audio clips in here. They have to be video and these are only audio, but one of the clips they said they brought on this guy, these two guys who have been 
analyzing Alex Jones for five years. They're a comedy podcast, and they were like the two biggest idiots you've ever heard uh, on any <laughs> television show. And one of them said, uh, Brian Stelzi. Yeah, no, it wasn't us. We're we're like the next biggest idiots <laughs> after that. But Stel- they made Stelter look look like you know this is a- Stelter should have these guys on every week because they make him look a lot better than he usually does. And he was like, well, so do you think this will work? Do you think this this will work?" And and silencing other conspiracy theorists. And the answer from these guys was, "Well, yeah. See, conspiracies don't come from." the desire to to spread lies or whatever they come from the desire for racism that was their answer <laughs> conspiracies come from the desire for racism in fact i think somebody even commented that on the video yesterday i was like yeah i know that's exactly what this guy said conspiracies are a product of wanting racism to exist i yeah, mean conspiracies totally. are real like there's literal laws about conspiracy because they're real things and you have this idiot who was on here saying, no, no, you're, no, conspiracies, that's because people want bigotry, they want Nazism, they want racism. And that sounds well, like it, what MSNBC was doing too. Well, yeah, but that's that's the thing. I think what we're seeing here is, yeah, I think there's a tactic to to kind of silence people. There's a tactic to have it so that Trump can't take office. There are all of these different things, and they want people brought up. They either want them to self-censor or make themselves to actually be domestic terrorists so they can put them away and don't have to worry exactly. about them anymore. They're trying to bait people so hard. Or like, so it's all going to depend on the outcome, you know? So if Trump is actually not allowed to run because they find something, if they look, if they present legitimate evidence of wrongdoing here, then fine. I, I am yeah, all I for evidence. That's all I want is evidence <laughs> of any. I haven't seen evidence of something in I feel like years. It's like the. It's yeah. like if a journalist walks into any of these networks and says, "I have proof. I have the actual damning proof. The film of somebody being shot in the head." They go, "No, no, no. Get your evidence out of our newsroom, please." Because they don't want it. They want to create this standard where people just accept blatant sensation. Alex Jones had sex with a unicorn. Okay, I mean, it's like they want people to just accept the most ridiculous things. It's a brainwashing tactic. It really is. It's not required. How dare you ask us, the elites, for evidence? And like the girl um, with the uh, the rape, the ten year old girl raped that was raped and needed an abortion. How dare you ask us for evidence? What a ridiculous! They have Um, all these stories that are lies, and then they get one that's like that was such clear bait to me. That yeah. whole story was such clear bait to yeah, me. But so the good. Let me. Let me. I was just gonna say with this this Alex Jones thing. I said that I think he is. Um, I don't think he necessarily realizes that he's a plant, but I think that he is, and I think that they decided finally to screw him by giving him the lawyers that he's gotten, who just uh, the, the ones who sit. So I saw a headline. I don't know if it's true. That is like Alex Jones accidentally he sent pictures of his wife naked to yep. Roger Stone. And they actually sent those messages to the other lawyers. Is that any truth to that story? Yeah, a, 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 allegedly. Um, well, that's what that's what they say. I, I read that same article. He apparently sent a pic, a nude picture of his, I guess now ex wife, um, to Roger Stone. But that that was another point. Is Roger like, Stone likes had, guys though. So, oh, does he? I didn't. He was know like that. in a drag queen. Uh, that's that's the interesting thing. They hate Roger Stone, but Roger Stone has been like a drag queen. I think for like two decades. <laughs> but there was a scandal about him like in the 90s. Is, you know, how does he get these lawyers? Because it's like they he borrowed Amber Heard's lawyers or something. Like these people, they sent text messages, all of the text messages to the, to the not the defense, what is it? Um, what's the word? My brain Prosecution. Yeah, the prosecution or whatever. And 
the prosecution allegedly said, hey, I don't think you meant to send these to us. Are these confidential or not? And then Alex Jones's attorneys never answered. So, like, if they had said it was privileged, they never would have seen this. Yeah, I thought that was a bit suspicious as well. I don't know his relationship with these lawyers, but anybody can be gotten to, I guess. And I just think about, you know, I don't know the truth of the story of what he sent to Roger Stone. I I have no idea, but I do know that I have had an interaction (laughs) before where I saw somebody that I hadn't seen in years. And the first thing, this is somebody who, kind of a creepy person, let me be honest Mm. with you. The first thing he did was, he goes, he goes, oh, hey, how you doing? He pulls up his phone because I'd never known him to have a girlfriend before. And and he's and I'm like, what's up, dude? And it's been like five years since I seen him. And he just pulls up a naked picture of his girlfriend on his phone. And I'm like, yeah. and she was there. Like I just he had introduced me to her. <laughs> and I'm just like, what are you doing? This is, what is wrong with you? Is, uh, well, I would it just I don't understand that that well, it's not yeah I don't understand that whole culture. I there. think and I think when you're looking at this situation, the fact that his lawyers sent this to the plaintiffs. And um, had and then didn't say, hey, this is confidential is just ludicrous. It, it For me, that tells me that that's suspicious. And you know who Alex Jones is. And so he's sitting on the stand with his uh, incontrovertible proof that he said something about Sandy Hook. Now, I don't know. I didn't hear what he said, but that he, he had said he hadn't said anything. And then suddenly they searched Sandy Hook and found it. And so I think he's sitting in that chair going, crap they've yeah. got me they finally well, got me and that's why he's not really fighting in that moment so we had Catherine here in the chat says that how is he not <laughs> protesting that his attorney oh. just threw the case <laughs> right and sorry that, that's a great <laughs> point it, it is why is because that is to, if your attorney is just really there i don't know what the exact laws on it but you can have a situation where it's just been so um your attorney's been so bad that they can yeah. you can try and throw a case out um yeah. i looked at it kind of like the way that i saw the what's the other guy's name steve Bannon. steve Bannon. war room yeah. with god on the lord's day like the guy he's just everything he says he could be ordering groceries on the phone and be like i need lettuce because we have to save democracy. Everything he says is about war and saving democracy. He didn't put up a, a fight because he's going to appeal it. And also, I mentioned this before, it's in Solency's book, it's in Hitler's book. So we get both the left and the right here, the Antifa and the Nazis. They both agree that getting arrested and being persecuted is a good thing. So Alex yeah. Jones, I don't know what his financial situation is like. He's probably doing okay. I don't agree with them trying to demonize conspiracy theorists at all. I don't know what his role is on it. I know just the idea of demonizing it is is bad, but he, I mean, these guys might not be putting up a fight just because it, it is better for them to be the victim. Stacey Abrams' entire career has been built on her being a victim. I mean, a lot of these people, this is how they gain their political stardoms, how they gain fundraising. Both sides of this, of this Trump thing, are fundraising off of this. Of course, less like Trump is fundraising off of having Mar-a-Lago beer. Of course he's fundraising off of it. Why, are you kidding me? Why would we be stupid not to? Hillary Clinton, did you see the Hillary Clinton thing going around? With, the, so, with what? With, Hillary Clinton me. tweeted out earlier today a hat that she's selling and I can't remember the exact uh, f- uh, phrasing of it. It's on Twitter. But it was just like, you can buy our what about the emails hats for like $39.99 or $29.99. And she's tweeting this out. I mean, this is a literal criminal 
who's just like, which honestly, I got to hand it to her. That was, it was, she is a criminal and it's very sadistic and it's like crazy, but it's kind of funny that she's, she's literally selling what about the email hats a few hours after it's announced that Trump gets raided. So these people, they're both conning all of us. All sides are conning the public is, is I think what it boils down to. And I I don't know exactly what the truth is here. I think it's going to, if Trump actually doesn't run, which there's no way, there's no way Trump doesn't run because they need him to run. They need him to run for people to care. And so I think that if they actually blocked him from running, then I would start to be like, okay, maybe, maybe there is, maybe Trump is a little more legitimate than I, I considered, but he would, it's unfortunate that it gets to that, that he would actually have to be prevented from running and almost be on the precipice of going to jail. But these people are all charlatans to me. Absolutely. Well, and one of the things, so let me, can I give you the silver lining? Yeah, please. Um, so in, in, in my opinion, like I made that cathedral thing and I was like, okay, so let me look at what's going on at private universities. And I, I'm not trying to do confirmation bias. This may have nothing to do with it whatsoever, but I just thought, Hey, what is the private Christian university that Trump is most known for going to? What is a place that would be tied to Trump? No matter what Liberty university, they are currently, he didn't go to Liberty, but he spoke there and they, the, the head guy there yeah, he's loved slinger, him. Right? right but right now they are also going through a lawsuit about title nine and not necessarily um pushing uh rape cases or sexual assault cases to the proper authorities which they may or may not have done that all i'm saying is you see that happening and all of them are jane does none of them have have said their names and you see the fact that in one fell swoop at this moment right now Right now, they're taking on the same kind of effects of the cathedral or the the heads of the cathedral, which are government, Trump, um, media, Alex Jones, and uni- the academia, Liberty University. I'm not saying this is tied together, but what I am saying is that if it is, or even just the first two were tied together, then you have a, a really beautiful sign that says they are terrified. And they know what works and they know what they've done and they're trying to take out the alternative. And that means that regardless of what's going on, the narrative is failing for them. And so now they're trying to, to do it with the, the state sword. I I would agree with that, that they are trying so very hard. This is something I was talking about yesterday. They are trying so, so hard to get people to believe them. To 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 they're trying all these roundabout ways to get people to buy into their narrative and it's just not right. working. And I, and I played the clips a while back. I should probably kind of isolate those clips and play them every now and then of them at Davos a couple of months ago, admitting. And I played the clip for you. Yeah, they don't like us. The elites have grown more and more united, while the publics of the world have grown to distrust them more. Therefore, we have to put on an effort to build trust. And we see these trust building efforts. We see, I, I, I said yesterday, I think the media, I think Hunter Biden is why Biden is going to be out after the midterms. And I think the media is going to claim a victory for exposing Hunter Biden after they claimed he was Russian disinformation. How soon people will forget or they'll find some sort of weird rationalization about it. But I think that you're right. I don't think they would have to do all these efforts if they weren't a bit worried. They're more than a bit worried yeah. actually. And, I have some clips that I, I want to get your 
I want to get your opinion on that speaks to this. That said, this stuff is all connected, man. It's crazy. This disinformation narrative war. What we're seeing is narrative warfare. So we have all these different stories that might be seem sporadic, or sporadic or whatever, but they all fit right. in to the narrative on one side or I don't, yeah, I hate saying one side or the other because there's more sides, but the yep. predominant sides that they present to us anyway. And that's really when you start to think about it in that way. Why is this story being told? How does it serve the narrative they're telling us? And you will always be like, there it is. There it is. It, it's so it's so few and far between that you can actually identify a story that just seems to be being reported to us for, hey, here's a cool story about a dog right. and a kid. There's all, even Here's a cool story about a dog and a kid. The, the, the dog saved the kid from traffic and then climate change. It's just everything has right. some sort of weird twist to it. Can I, um, I, I want to respond to denver attaway in the rockfin yeah, chat who said uh, maybe alex jones is a willing straw man or an unwilling straw man guided by narcissism which is worse for us and i will say Perhaps. in my opinion i don't know what you think but for me it's a willing straw man that's worse for us because it it means they know how to crack the code to get a lot of people on their side yeah. with a fake persona yeah, I, I would agree with that, that if they're willing, it's worse because if they're unwilling and they, they can be shown that there's right. some strings being pulled, then I think that they might step back on that ego. If you That book I recommend a lot. I'm looking over at it like you guys can see it, but getting us into war, one of the things that these British propagandists who they conducted this major operation, I've talked about this a lot on the show, I won't do the whole spiel again, but Sir Gilbert Parker, the agent, the propaganda agent that led the operation – to get America into World War One was sent over here. They sent all these literary agents over here that these well-known academics, these these well-known politicians and, and celebrities, they adored them. And they knew that if, if they sent them over, they could whisper in their ear and they would not question them. They talk about in their correspondence between Lord Northcliffe, who was the head of the Wellington House Propaganda Bureau, the World War I British Propaganda Agency, and Sir Gilbert Parker was his agent. They talked about how gullible and stupid these academics were and how it was because of their ego, how their ego blinded them to the reality. They, they felt they could never be fooled. Nobody could ever get Dunning one by Kruger. them, and therefore they never questioned any of the stuff that they took in. And I think there's definitely something to that. But that also I agree with you, Cam, and that I would much rather it be somebody who's being bamboozled than somebody who is believes they could not somebody who is in on it. Like I, we can all be bamboozled, man. We're all gonna be got sometime. There's no doubt about right. it. Like the second you well, think you can't be got is the second you're most vulnerable to being got. Well, I mean, and and you know, I think that it doesn't say as much if um Jones is unwilling or unknowingly doing this because uh we wouldn't be caught up in that. Because I, I mean, like I, I, I will not believe anyone who randomly comes up to me or anyone I know that might be tied to the state in any way. I wouldn't be talking to Roger Stone. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Um, so it's 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 good that um that it it would be much better if it was willing. I mean, much worse if it was willing. Because if it was if it was unwilling, that just means that he had a lapse of judgment, did something stupid, listened to the wrong people, but he was actually trying to find the truth and share it with people. And as human, we've all been unwilling yeah. propagandists for something in our lives. There's oh, no absolutely. doubt about it. There's absolutely I was, no doubt about it. I don't know if you remember this, right after the Uvalde shooting, I read that first um, 
report that the police gave about the situation. And I was like, you know, maybe the maybe the police didn't do so bad a job this time. I was kind of nicer to the police than I ever wanted to be. But I was like looking for something that was good in this horrible situation. And then the next day I had to go, oh, never mind. I was wrong. I'll never do that again. Right. And I remember you were very eager to make that statement too, which is that to yeah. me, that's a testament there. Cause a lot of people won't admit, you know, say when they come out and say something, you're like, wait a minute, I had this wrong. And to me, that is um, a credit to your credibility. Credit yeah. to, to credit twice in a sentence there used. <laughs> uh, we have David Hopkins here says, what if you want to get got LOS? Sometimes you want to get got, I guess. I, I, I don't know, but they, so Something you said earlier, it did remind me of what what is the you know the strategy doesn't come to mind, but there there's actually a Wikipedia on this, and there are the other strategies, and it's like a 1999 CIA psychological operations manual, and it talks about the strategies for getting people to be double agents, getting people to be spies, and it's never like, hey, want to come be a spy? It, like we right. see the CIA ads now, where it's like. I'm a black woman with like a club foot and a cliff, whatever. And, but I knew I could do, that's like the ads now. It's just a bunch of nonsense. How they really get their spies is they, they use, they try and find people that have uh, problems with money who are in a lot of debt and they try and find people who uh, can be compromised sexually. They, yeah. they try and find people who, Epstein. uh, ego. Yes. And, and that's the thing that made me think of it is the ego thing. It, it, like reading, reading their description. I think mice might be what it's called. That's one of the techniques, one of the acronyms that they use in my CE. And there's, there's a couple others as well, but it, it's interesting to read about the way that they think about it. You know, the way that they say, okay, I'm looking for somebody to be either a willing or unwilling operative of our messaging to do yeah. our bidding for us. Who are the types of people that I'm looking for? And you have the communist Bolsheviks. There's a book called uh, The Organizational Weapon. And it's written in like 1954. It's about the communist organizational tactics. And it's, it's another one of those things that's interesting to read because it's like, I know the people writing this also use these, use these tactics. But the way that they're like, okay, here's how you get someone to be an activist. You find people who are missing something in their lives. You find Identity, people who, primarily. Yeah, exactly. I, I, you nailed it. Yeah, well, and, and this just makes me, what you're talking about makes me think of um, the different marks that they've had. Uh, the ATF, especially, has had over the last, you know, 20, 30 years. God, 30 years. Uh, because you have, uh, like, look, take a look at Randy Weaver, who lived in, he was a, um, I think he, they called themselves like Christian separatists or something like that. I'm not exactly sure, but they wanted to separate from everyone and just be kind of white people separate from, other races separate from other ideologies or whatever say that (laughs) but uh so he was up hold up with his family and i think he went to one of the local like aryan nation um meetings one time and they were like nah we're not going to do this we want to be separate from these people too and then the atf agent came and was like hey i want to buy a gun from you and he's like i mean i don't really sell guns so no he's like i really want to buy a shotgun from you He's like, no. And so this ATF agent pushed and pushed and pushed because he knew who this type of guy was and he knew what he could push to get to Uh, the psychological profile. Totally. Right. And so when you, when you see uh, Randy Weaver and what he got in trouble, he got in trouble for was selling sawed off shotguns to this, this man. I cannot remember the agent's name off the top of my head. I think he was like Finley or something. But when the ATF agent 
got them from him. They were not sawn off. And then the ATF agent walked over to the guns and said, hey, saw them off here. It was a quarter inch shorter than what was legal. It wasn't right. seven inches. It wasn't two inches. <laughs> they turned around and arrested them right after they did it. Yeah, there there was one of these these stories of these FBI informants where it was just like nine guys and like the oh. dumbest person on the planet, you know. And they're like, they're like, hey, can you believe that person called you a a, a white nationalist? Can you believe that that woman rejected you? Can you? Hey, I made this bomb for you. Here's the bomb for you. <laughs> like literally, you read in the in the F, in the court documents that the bomb was made at the CIA headquarters in Langley, and then the FBI took the bomb after suggesting to the target the person they were you know, watching that it was literally the FBI's idea that he go bomb something. And then, and then one of their informants said, Hey, we'll make the bomb for you and bring it to you. And then the CIA makes the bomb. They give it to the FBI. They go over and say, here's the bomb. And then when they give them the bomb, they say, turn around FBI. I mean, it's unbelievable. Those unbelievable yeah. examples F of entrapment that if you read court cases about entrapment, and I don't know what the legal precedent is on entrapment. It's legal precedents can be, if you have a good lawyer, and I, I look when when I was in law school, I'm not saying this to brag, but I won an award for advocacy for legal advocacy advocacy brief, and the reason I I, I won is because I was told what my objective was for for the brief. Here here's what you're to defend, and I said what? So I'm supposed to be the person who I can't remember. I was like the defense lawyer of some guy who committed some murder. And uh, um, so I looked at all of it and I looked at all of the ways that I knew I would lose. And I said, okay, I'm not going to do any of those ways. So what I'm going to search for is some loophole. And, and so I searched for all this statutory law. Uh, uh, it was, I was in school in Florida and, and I found some obscure law. And I said, based on this obscure law, like this person can't be prosecuted. It was something like that. And, and I won an award and, and we had to present our briefs to judges in Florida, to actual judges in Florida. It's really fucking nerve wracking. Excuse me. It's really <laughs> nerve wracking to do that. Bad, bad. The Brad. first time. Yes. The, the first time you do that. But like <laughs> the reason that, that I, I got credit that, that I was, I did a good job on that is because I was able to connect this law that no one had ever connected to this case. And I was able yeah. to do it in a logical way. And I was able to show here's here's why it's parallel and why it's relevant. And, and I feel like this is this is what they they do this stuff. They have these agents to manipulate these people who just aren't very smart and yeah. who ha didn't have their dad was in their life or something or their mom or whatever, and they're just missing something. And they amplify the problems these people have instead of actually helping everybody. Look, I don't think anybody's a lost cause. Like I, I, that's one thing I've always believed in my life. No one is an effing lost cause, no matter like how far off they are. If people can be talked to and like like be cool, it's like I, people people are reasonable. We're human. We're all have flaws, but they try and amplify the flaws so they. Can have these scapegoats and it pisses me off fbi foils fbi terabytes that's great <laughs> but yeah, on screen so right now cam put an image of a woman looking shocked it says fbi foils fbi terabyte uh, uh it's great i love that <laughs> but no and so the reason i went to i went to ruby ridge for because i know more details about that you did a great also thing on ruby ridge by the way you did like a great podcast outlining what happened oh yeah ruby ridge. is that right yeah, I love that. That was um, that was back when I was Make Liberty Great Again. But it's um, episode 35, and it's on everything. Um, but what I wanted to say, though, is what you made me think of initially was the Gretchen Whitmer situation. Yes, yeah, yeah. 
This is what they do. And so Alex Jones is ripe for the picking. I mean, you if you hear some of the stories that he talks about, about getting into um, Bohemian Grove and these different things, there's just no way those people weren't connected. And I like if you look at this man and if you look it's at the like way they were driving the bus, they were driving the bus. They, they had the idea. And, and it's just unbelievable. It's, it's funny. Right. It'd be like a comedy show almost. Uh, yeah, well, and, and, and that's the thing is like you. But if you watch Alex Jones and if you spend any time watching him outside of his shtick and if you see him talking honestly, openly on weed, on alcohol, that man, I don't think he knows it. I genuinely like the based on how he acts. I do not think he realizes that the the deep state's using him. Yeah, I, I it's tough to tell for me. Honestly, I, I think that he's aware that there are people because he has such influence, and yeah. that's the thing about anybody with such influence. It's, so I, I look at Joe Rogan sometimes, and Joe Rogan. I, I did. A oh, show he's a with plant. Joe, but before Joe Rogan was, I mean, Joe Rogan was famous at the time, but he wasn't famous yeah. like he is now. Fear I did factor. a show with him like 13 years ago, and, and I don't think it was true, but people were like, he's hooking up with a girl in the green room. I'm like, I'm not going in the green room to check that out. I have no idea. Maybe he was. I have no idea. But uh, he was like, he was just a cool guy doing comedy, and, and he seems like a cool guy now that uh, is not dumb. And I don't think Alex Jones is, Jones is dumb either. So I think they both, and anybody with that level of influence is, is going to recognize they are a target for co-option. But that doesn't, here's the thing. It's like you can't prevent it almost. It's, 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 that's why it really is. They call it information war and, and narrative warfare and stuff like that. But it, it's, they can, they're, they are very good at like trying to get people close to you or, or turning people. I know that he, Alex Jones had a few people who worked for him who they turned against him. Uh, I don't know what they promised him. Some people give in to threats easier than others when put on the spot or when, like I said, the rice techniques or, or the mice techniques from the CIA earlier. So I, I think that Alex Jones is probably definitely aware that he's targeted. Well, I, I don't know if, yeah. I, I'm not saying I, he's Alex Jones is funny blameless. and he gives out good information, but also he's one of the, I think everybody should be questioned. Like, yeah. even if, the, even if you love the person, I, I think that because everyone gets stuff wrong, we're all yeah. human. We should, we should just assume that and, and question all of it. And I think Alex Jones is the same with that, whether he's legit or willing. Well, yeah. And I'm not saying he's faultless, but what I'm saying is I, I think he has um, drank his own Kool Aid. Man. And I do think yeah. that there's there's a level of narcissism to it, but I do think Definitely. that if yeah. you, if you look at that, I mean, for God's sake, he even told Joe Rogan, Rogan that he was retarded. So I'm just going to believe him. He t- <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. It, he is entertaining for sure, and that's how you know these guys. I played on CNN. I wish I had the video versions of this, but I don't. But one of the things the guy said was. Stelter said, so do you find it hard to watch Alex Jones on a regular basis? So w- what I do a lot of is I watch these Council on Foreign Relations and CFR panel discussions because they're insanely boring and nobody watches them. And they say really like, holy smokes, that's damning stuff. And then Biden says verbatim what they say like three weeks later. Yeah. And so I watch that and I try and provide more context than necessary. Like I, I hate when clips are cut off in the middle. Um, I know you can't play two hours or three hours or eight hours of a panel discussion. So I, I try and provide as much context as possible without overwhelming. But like 
I, I, I understand. It's just boring to watch. That's why I do it. I'm like, I think there's value in it because there, there's value in understanding what they're saying, but also it's really tedious and people have real lives to live. And, yeah. and so th- they were talking to this guy as though Alex Jones was like that. They're like, so is it hard to watch Alex Jones all the time? And the guy, the guy who talked like this in the clip to Brian Stelter, he said, yes, it's very hard to watch him. He's very boring and I have to watch him. The reason I watch him is because nobody else watches him and I need to tell <laughs> everybody what he's saying i'm going this guy's so full of it he he, he, look alex jones is anything but boring okay he might be willing or unwilling whatever but he's definitely not boring just like trump even biden is not boring when they let him come out and say idiotic crazy old man stuff but but the guy was pretending that nobody watches it as a way to discourage his audience or the audience watching to go and look at it well, and, and, and then so, Brian Stelter said this. Brian Stelter goes, I've only consumed him through clips. I'm like, wow, you've reported as though you're an expert on him, and you just admitted that you've only consumed him through clips. It's one thing to watch Brian Stelter and only take the clips in as an audience member, but to be the journalist and to only consume someone through clips, that means he's been stovepiped in you know, more ways than one, I'm sure. But information-wise here, he's been stovepiped, and he doesn't actually know what the full context of what Jones has said is. And that's... You know, I don't know. I'm well, I mean, that's the, that's today. no. You're good. I'm I'm enjoying this. Um, <laughs> oh, what were you just saying though? Because I had a thought and then about I Alex what Jones it was. and stovepiping information to Stelter about how people. The guy tried to say Alex Jones was not entertaining and and he it's tedious for him to watch it hours and hours and he pulls clips to try and show it. And I was talking about the CFR oh, and how boring it all is. The best thing I ever saw, and I was alerted to this. Um, from my, from a friend of mine, uh, by a friend of mine. And it was a, a, a video clip of Alex Jones saying before anything else happened, telling people exactly what he was about to say, how he was going to say it and how the media would respond. And then yeah, he yeah. said something, he, you know, he went into his character, he did all this stuff. And then he said, he went past it and he said, watch, someone's going to tell someone that I said this, they're going to clip this one specific part and they're going to put it out and act like that's what I really said without giving you the, the information that comes before. And it's like, right. Pre-bunk. It's like a pre-bunk. Yeah. And it's and, like, and Oh, okay. That. Yeah. That's cool. Um, yeah. <laughs> and two with these people, uh, Monica used to say this a lot. It, it's there is information in limited hangouts. It is even if people are willing, they're still giving information. It's just, it's all about that trust that they want to get from us. And I, I hate to be cynical with it. I am actually am a trusting person, but when it comes to the media, I am not. I assume that they're trying to manipulate, and they are. And I think that's a good place to go to especially when they're trying very, very hard to trigger our emotions and short-circuit our ability to question them. And I have some clips of a propagandist saying perfectly about critical thinking, how we need to really question our critical thinking that I am going to play in the XR because we've run out of, out of time here. I think, you're gonna, I think your mind's going to be blown by this clip, to be honest with you, Ken. I, I have one thing that I wanted to show you real quick. Yeah, let's see it. Um, Oh, well, actually, there are a couple things I could mention in the XR that are not at all appropriate whatsoever for this <laughs> part of the show. But um, I did I did make a meme while we were while we were talking there um, because that's who I am. You know what I mean? You're a good memer, dude. Well, let's see. I let's just, see one of them for the DMV. Just, we'll hit the rest in the XR. I just well, I only have one meme, so that it'll be the only meme. But I have other things to talk about that. Uh, well, let me give you one more thing while I'm trying to get this to pull up. Um, because the, this is ignoring my mouse clicks. Um, so there was a there's a, a, a man in in Ohio 
um, who I didn't I didn't get his I, I don't have his name off the top of my head. Let me see if I can find it. Uh, Richard Steinley, who is 77 years old. OK, Richard used to president? work for the Sorry. post office. And um, one of the things that he did was he <laughs> over the past couple of years, at least back to 2021, He's in Ohio and he hates his politicians. And so he has been filling envelopes with poop and sending it to all of these different people. And so this man, this old man sent, uh, what was that guy's name? Uh, what was the, uh, Jim, Jim Jordan. He sent him and 25 other senators, a, a envelope with dung in it, poop, human poop, most likely, He's but they don't know. They haven't tested it yet. Um, and I just want to say, um, hero. Yeah, some some people knit, others they they do with this man. Can you imagine if that was your grandfather? If you like walked in on him, like, what are you doing? <laughs> taking a taking a dumper. What in are the... you doing in that envelope, grandfather? <laughs> on the screen right now, Cam has put Gretchen Whitmore's would be assassins, and it's a bunch of Spider Men pointing at each other, saying, and they all say, "Fed, fed, fed." You're right. We're all feds, and that's that's basically what it is. And I think we can end the the free portion of the show on that and the DMB XR. I am going to play those clips for you of really, I, I only cut a couple clips from this panel discussion because I'm saving a few for tomorrow and I knew that we wouldn't have time, but these guys and they're from the Chatham house, which is the hundred like 15 year old mother of the council on foreign relations, the most influential think tank on the planet where sir, what's the guys, another sir, they're all sirs, sir, Andrew, Wood, the guy who was the mentor for the for Christopher Steele, who ha, was the, the origin dossier. of the Steele dossier, and he was his mentor. And this guy, Sir Andrew Wood from the Chatham House, met with John McCain at the Halifax conference, the security conference, to tell him to introduce him to uh, to Steele and his dossier. So this is where the dossier came from, and these are people talking about the Ukraine war. I'm not going to play the clips about the specificities of that. I'm just going to play the clips of them talking about the disinformation because it's so relevant to everything that we're seeing in the news right now. It's like extraordinary that this guy was this open about. I love it when these psychopaths are so open about their you know, <laughs> psychopathy. Uh, can I can I ask you a question before we go into the XR? Of course. Okay. We bring in the studio this morning one of the gay rights activists, Mr. Should I call you Mr. Sure. Pepe Julian Onzima. Thank you for coming in. Thank you for Good morning. Me. Morning to you. Why are you gay? <laughs> Who says I'm gay? You are gay. <laughs> Is he right? I don't know. <laughs> It doesn't get old for me. It doesn't That's get old hilarious. for me. It's so hilarious. I had to bring it back at least one more time. I will Call do it back. once more because right. comedy comes in threes. Yeah, you got to do it one more time. Expect randomly. I wish there was a way you could hide it in the stream yard so I didn't for see real. it. You could just, you just you know, put it on me. Like Why that. are you gay? Yeah. Well, I mean, technically I could, but I wouldn't get your reaction. So that would kind of blow. That's true. All right. Well, let's let's continue this conversation in the XR. Thank you, Cam. Thank you. Great chat. Great stuff in the chats on YouTube and on Rockfan. We're going to continue with the exclusive content on Rockfan. Rockfan.com slash propaganda report. You can also oh. get it through podcast at patreon.com slash propaganda report if you want to get it there audio only. Go ahead, Cam. I was just going to say Denver Attaway said in the chat, it's a bit more elaborate than an envelope. You can have it special gift wrapped if you want on the download to poopsenders.com. But not this man. 
this man, these were envelopes and he wrote letters to these people and then put poop in the envelope. So he's, 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 it's a felony and he is now, uh, he just got out on bail or bond. How long was he in jail for? I I don't know off the top of my head. I I just wanted to clear that up. Once you get to that age, you need a hobby. Otherwise you'll wither away. So this guy found something he was committed to and I can, you know, a little bit appreciate that effort. I don't know. Absolutely. (laughs) All right. We'll talk to you guys. The DMBXR. Have a fantastic rest of your day. 